Welcome to the Willow Ridge Sermons Podcast. This is where you can find audio from Sunday morning messages and more. Make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss future episodes, and thanks for listening. Well, good morning. I'm glad that you are here with us on this very peculiar South Carolina weather Sunday, you know? Uh, It's like last week we were dipping down at freezing. On Tuesday we'll be at freezing again, but today put on your shorts and your Hawaiian shorts, right? Uh, Because it is nice and warm and and humid outside. Uh, But we're glad that each and every one of you are here with us this weekend, uh, worshiping with us today. With that said, um, we got a lot of stuff that's going on in, in the life of our church. This is an exciting time, an exciting season to come back tonight uh, for the Kanda Christmas Cantata as we have a Christmas Cantata Willow Ridge style, which will be a wonderful, wonderful time of fellowship of coming together uh, as a church family and all the things that we have in store coming up in the next few Sundays and weeks ahead. Uh, but one of the things that actually has happened in, in the past is, is we just sent a team uh, to go to New York City uh, to partner with the church for, for coats for the city. And I'm not going to say too much more th- than that, but we had collected coats as a church and then we sent teams up there where they could give these away and help share the gospel uh, with people. One of the things that we want to do as we as a church uh, not only uh, have people who go from within us, but we view this as a sending. Uh, we want to make sure that we have an understanding and can hear about all that God has done. If you've ever been on a mission trip, you know part of, of when you come back, you're looking forward to all the different people that you can share the story about what God is doing. And so I was able to do that this past October uh, with, with our trip to India. Um, and then I've, I've asked uh, Brent Hawkins if he would come forward this morning and just share some uh, of his uh, experiences in, in what God did uh, in, in New York City this past week with his team. So would y'all join me in, in welcoming a man who needs no introduction, right? <laughs> No, you stand right here for a second. Something that we never thought as a church staff we would ever do. I'm about to hand Brent Hawkins a microphone on a Sunday morning. Glenn, help me out up there, buddy, okay? All right, there you go, man. Thank you, thank you. Uh, first of all, I, I do I thank the staff for that, uh, for this opportunity, and I thank y'all for the opportunity that you've given us uh, for this mission trip. Uh, again, as Bo said before, um, from India, uh, y'all are the ones that allow us to do this. Uh, a couple years ago, we got involved with Coach for the City, um, not really knowing what was going on with that. Um, and then it developed a partnership that we now, uh, I don't know, some of y'all got came on mission night, you got to meet Walter and Veronica. Um, that's the church we're involved with. That's who we'll be involved with over at least the next three to five years. Um, but anyway, give you a brief overview of what it is. Um, y'all as a church collected uh, 400 coats to go to New York. Um, yes. <laughs> So the unique thing about this mission is it's a conjunction with the South Carolina Baptist Convention and the North Carolina Baptist Convention and the New York Baptist Convention. Um, so those 400 coaches go to New York. The Baptist Convention takes them, and they're handed out to the different churches that, to distribute them. But uh, what I also did in our partnership is we took um, probably another 
Uh, 50 to 100 coats along with children's uh, outfits, blankets, and other stuff that we took directly from our church to our partner church. Um, when we were done, just to give you kind of a brief thing, when we were done, the only thing we had left out of 300 coats that were given to them and the stuff we gave were two boxes and two regular-sized trash bags of stuff was the only thing that was left, and that would be distributed throughout the year. Um, so... Uh, what to give you that what we do is we have a the church set up is smaller than the two rooms over here uh we use that where the benefit of using the church um to be inside uh some of the mission the churches that went on the mission they were outside they were in the park they were in schools there were 50 something other churches there as well giving these coats out over the weekend 9,000 coats were given out and 17 people were saved over that weekend Out of that 17 people, four came from our church. Uh, to give you two of the stories, quick stories of that, um, a back story is I had some old, I had some brand new basketball shoes I've had for about eight years. I threw them in a bag. They went with me to New York. Um, they were put under the boys' section. And as we went through, uh, walked in, Veronica said, hey, we've got this family. We know it's coming. Can we pull clothes out for these kids? Absolutely. The kids got their clothes. As they were getting their clothes, Leah, who was one of the team members, which I guess I should have said who all went. Um, I'll say that after this. Uh, <laughs> Leah Bush noticed. was like, hey, what's up with the mom? The mom can come in full winter gear, with socks and flip-flops. They said that's the only shoes she had. They'd only been there a couple weeks. Leah said, well, what do you think she'd be willing to wear these shoes? She tried them on. They fit perfectly. They were the oddest size basketball shoes. I couldn't give them away. They fit her perfectly, and the smile on the mother's face was just so amazing. And it shows how God's plan worked for those shoes years ago to go to this mother that had nothing that weekend. Um, so that was one of the success stories. And so we had Leah Bush, of course. We had Kim Nix. Uh, we had Mariella and Nico Martinez. And I told Mariella if she cried anymore, her makeup was coming off. If you know her, then you know her makeup ain't coming off. Um, <laughs> Cindy Amick, uh, we had Tim Rice. And uh, who else am I leaving out? Tawana, yeah, I left her out on purpose. Uh, <laughs> she was no benefit. No, I'm just kidding. She was, <laughs> she was great. She was great. She was wonderful. Um, the other success story I'll give you real quick is it's another one of those stories. So the photographer from South Carolina Baptist Convention was going around, and he was asking people for interviews. And he asked one of the deacons at the church who actually was in charge that day that asked Eduardo, hey, would you please do an interview? And if you met Walter and Veronica, you notice how humble they are. He said, no, I don't feel like that's my place to do that. I don't do that. So as we were going through, a guy from Venezuela had been there for two weeks, came in, and Tim Rice hemmed him up and was talking with him. Guy got his coat and everything, and um, he came outside and met with Eduardo outside on the, on the sidewalk, and Eduardo prayed him to the Lord. <laughs> 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 
right after that, Eduardo said, I'll do the interview. He said, the reason why I didn't is because it wasn't my place, but it is my place. They asked me to do the interview, what they had asked him to do the interview of what that mission meant to the church. He said, and that was God telling me what that mission meant to this church. So with that being said, I appreciate it. I'll leave you with, we, it took us three hours, three hours, we're in a whole different place, and there's 183 different languages in New York, three hours away. And challenge every one of y'all for something like that, a minimal amount of money to go there on an amazing trip. And that's the numerous, I can I can sit here and talk to you all day about the lives that were touched that day just in our church, from our church, from Willow Ridge Church. So I thank you, I appreciate it, and I encourage you, encourage you. It comes back around, please contact me, let me know, and we'll uh, see about getting you connected. Love you too, buddy. Thank you, Brent. Um, man, I was gonna apologize for giving you a hard time about trusting you with a microphone, but then you made fun of Tawana. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm gonna be on Tawana's side on this one, okay? Uh, but hey, in, in all seriousness, Brent, man, I thank you for your leadership and for your determination and for all that you sacrificed to lead this team um, and, and just appreciate you guys as a church sending people. We're going to have more trips uh, over 2024. That's one of the exciting parts for that. Um, and so as we get that calendar communicated out to you, I do want to challenge you, um, whether it's New York, whether it's India, whether it's all the places in between that we've got budgeted for, uh, something does happen. If you've ever been on a mission trip, you know how God can work and, and God can use you. And, and you might see the list and you might say, I don't know where on this list I fit, but I want to experience that. And so we want to help you kind of find that spot for, for you to be able to do. Um, but just exciting to be a part and exciting to uh, see all that God is doing. Well, if you got your Bibles, and I hope you do, I want to invite you to join me in Matthew chapter 25. <clears throat> so we're going to be this morning as we continue on in our series on gifts of grace. Now you can hear my, my, my throat's got a little bit of a tickle in it this morning, kind of coming out of a, of a little sick season uh, this past week. Um, and, and so uh, I, I may be briefer than, than, than normal as we get through, but want to see what the Lord has for us. And I just apologize if I've got to stop and cough and clear my throat as we go through. But this is our Christmas series on, on gifts of, of grace. One of the things Aaron and I did this weekend is we sat down. Um, I'm, I've, I've shared this with you before. I'm, I'm a recovering um, spreadsheet uh, addict. Uh, I love spreadsheets. I have spreadsheets for everything at our house. I've got friends that make fun of me about it. Like we'll be talking about something. They'll say, I don't know, why don't you check your spreadsheet? And right? I'm like, well, you know what? I do have a spreadsheet about that. So why don't you stop making fun of me? Right? Um, and so Aaron and I, we sat down, we created a spreadsheet this weekend. We listed all of the people in, in our family, both immediate and extended, that we're responsible for purchasing gifts for. And we wrote down of the things that she's bought, the things that I've bought, and we went through and we checked the box, checked the box, checked the box. And then we realized, and, and if you've hit this spot, right, like you know this is a really good place to be. When we got done, we realized we are done buying gifts, right? Like that is just the exciting part. If we show up to somewhere and realize 
there's someone that we forgot about. I hope I got some cash in my pocket, right? Because that's what we're giving them at that point, you know? But, but we're done. But this is this, this season of, of, of gifts. It's what we talk about. It's what we do when we gather together as, as, as friends and family. It's a part of that. And so kind of going into this season, we were looking at this within the context of, of God and what God's doing. And so let's, let's call this series Gifts of Grace because you and I, through our relationship with Jesus Christ, God is good and he pours out his gifts on us. John 3, 16 and 17, it's kind of been a theme verse for us as we go through this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The good, good gift of Jesus, of what God gave us, Not because we were good, not because we behaved, not because we did all the right things, but the exact opposite. And because God is good, he he gives us Jesus. And what we're gonna talk about, that's, that's what we're gonna talk about Christmas Eve, the gift of Jesus. But what we've been talking about leading up to that is the additional gifts that, that, that come with that, that we get to, to live in. We talked about on week when we talked about forgiveness, that God forgives us. But, but here's the part about where we understand this full gift concept, right? Is that just as I will give gifts during the Christmas season, I'll receive, uh, I, I will give away gifts as well. I will give gifts, I will receive gifts. It's this process that we get. So we, we receive forgiveness, but we're also taught to give away forgiveness forgiveness as well. So God has forgiven me. I forgive others. God calls us and gives us community. And it's not just community from from what I can give others, but it's community from what others can give me. And it's this cycle of goodness that we get to live in. And and so this morning we're going to talk about abilities. We're going to talk about abilities that God in Christ gives us abilities. The gift of abilities received, received. I wrestled with this, this this past week as I was at home recovering and, and, and working on this of, of what, what do I mean when we talk about uh, abilities? And so I've kind of broken them down into, into two different categories that I want to speak to this morning, but they're going to come together. Now, the, the first type of ability that we have are, are natural talents, natural talents. And, and, and natural talents are, are those gifts given by God, and everybody in the world has them. Everyone does. And we kind of view natural talents as coming from a person's genetics, from their environment, from, from their upbringing. But, but I would always press in that, that we need to view these, these natural talents as not in and simply of ourself, but these talents um, are, are given to us from God, but they're not limited to just the followers of God. And so some examples of, of those are like people that are, that are really good and, and have this bent toward, toward, toward sports, toward, toward things like maths, music, arts, humor, right? Like you're around somebody and, and, and you see them and, and, and you know when you see their, their talent, their, their natural talent. And they've developed it, they've, they've grown it, they, they've nurtured it. And what I want us to look at with these natural talents is the reality that, that, that God has, has chosen to, to, to give them to us. 
An, an example of this within, within my, my family, my, my, my wife, she, she has a talent. She's got a, a natural ability to, to work in a garden and, and grow things. Right? How many of you, if you, if you get a plant, like here's what you're really good at. You're really good at killing it, right? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Joan's like, absolutely right here. I don't have to think about it, right? That's my mom, all right? My mom listens to this. Sorry, mom, all right? That's my mom. My mom could take a plant and, and growing up and, and could kill it instantly, all right? So when I was little, um, I, my aunt and uncle lived out in Arizona. And so my aunt uh, from South Carolina, uh, one Christmas season, um, flew out to Arizona to, to visit uh, my aunt and uncle, her sister and her brother-in-law that were out there. And when she came back, she had, she had gifts for everyone. And so I, I forget what, what I received. It was, it was probably a, a T-shirt or something. I was in elementary school. I don't remember what I got, but I remember my mom opening her gift. And my aunt said to my mom, I've got you something that even you can't kill. <laughs> to which my mom reaches her hand down into this bag to grab the gift out to realize that the gift was a cactus. <laughs> My mom then reacted the way that you would think. We laughed, we're that type of family. <laughs> and then guess what happened? My mom killed the cactus, right? <laughs> so you, you think of that, but, but my wife, she just has this ability. I mean, she, she, she nurtures it, she, she watches YouTube videos, she, she reads, she does these things, but, but there's this talent, there's this passion, there's this pursuit that, that she has where, where she loves to, to garden. It's, it's something that God has, has given her. For you, that sounds like work. For her, it's something that brings her great joy. And we look at that and we, we praise God that, that, that God gave my wife this ability, that he gave her this talent, and then, then, she, then she uses that. And so that's one type of ability that we wanna look at, but then there's, then there's another type of ability, and these are spiritual gifts. These are spiritual gifts, and, and spiritual gifts are, are given to all believers by the Holy Spirit when they place their faith in Jesus Christ. There are several passages of Scripture that, that talk about that, but I want to look at, and I, we're going to get to, to Matthew 25, but let's look at Romans 12 really quickly, starting in verse 3, the verses will be on the screen. Paul writes and says, For by the grace given to me, I, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let them let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. 
And when most people read this, and, and, and when I've preached on this, like, like kind of what we come to is, is looking at is primarily the gifts. Like, what are these, these gifts? And we get this list here. So just really the list, prophecy, teaching, exhorting, service, leading, giving, mercy. The, these are the gifts that are there. But, but also, and we're not going to turn there and, and read these, but in, in 1 Corinthians 12, there's another list. In Ephesians 4, there's another list. And, and some theologians even argue that, that the, the full encompassing list of spiritual gifts that God has given us is, is not even limited to, to what is listed in Scripture, that as God is working and God is moving, God is continuing to gift in, in different ways. And, and, and while I think understanding this list is, is important and, and it's something that we can walk through together as a church the, 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 for the limited time that we have this morning, I, I want us to, to see what, what Paul says concerning why we are given the gifts we receive. Like, like, like why does, does God do this? Why does God give these in his goodness and in his, in his mercy to us? Look back at verse 3. He says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So God gives us gifts with, with humility. With humility, it's really neat what Paul says. Like we can, we can look at this and say, oh, well, Paul's just saying we're given gifts and we shouldn't use these gifts to elevate how we think of ourselves. And that's true. And that's true. We, we should not view the gifts that God has given us in, in a mindset of, of arrogance. Spiritual giftedness does not equal spiritual maturity. But, but at the same time, it, it's, it, it's, he also says in there, but, but to think with sober judgment. So he's saying, like, let's, let's realistically look at and understand who we are in Christ. So not too high, but is also what is implied here is, is not too low. Sometimes we think one of the most spiritual things we can do is to spiritually belittle ourselves, and that's not true at all. We're not to think less. We're not to think too high. We're to view ourselves in who we are, in the goodness of, of God. And he says, here's how we approach the fact that we've received this, this gift, is we approach it the same way we approach our faith. Right? Not that I earned it. Right? We didn't earn it. But here's this, this tension that I think that we can live in. We can take this, this Eeyore approach to the grace and salvation that God gives us. And while we acknowledge we did nothing to earn it, we need to live in the joy of understanding that God loves us and we are sons and daughters of the living God. Right? This right perspective of, of, of who we are. So God's gifted you. Right? Like you're important. You're valuable. You're the son or daughter of the living God. And he gifts you with this. So well, what do we do then with these gifts? We're, we're going to give them. We're going to give them. We're going we're to use them. The, the gift of abilities given. Why would God give you or me a gift? Isn't salvation enough? Look at verses four through five. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. 
So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So it's this beautiful picture that, that we are many members together, but we are individually as well. You, you, you've heard the phrase, you, you can't see the forest for the trees, right? The, the implying that, that you can't see the big picture, you can't see the fullness, you can't see the sum of all the parts because you're, you're still focused looking on the individual minis uh, that, that are in there. But, but here's the deal, as the church, we are called to see the forest and the trees. As we look at ourselves and we understand that when we see the church when we see the fullness of the healthiness of the church working and operating and functioning, what we look at individually is we see the parts as they do and as they're, as they're doing with what they've been gifted. I forget what day it was. I, I, think, it was, I think it was Wednesday. Um, Brent, Brent called me and, and we just, we talked. And one of the things that, that I said was like, like, Brent, like, tell me about everybody on the team and what God did and how God used them. How did God use them? And, and, and Brent and I talked for about an hour and a half. And the majority of that conversation was here's each and every person who went. And here's how God used them as a vital part of the ministry of what God was wanting to do. And, and, and then I, I asked Brent kind of a, a, a gutsy question. I said, Brent, w would you have been better off if anyone on the team didn't go? Would the team have been better? And he said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It would have been like a vital part of the team was missing, whether we knew it or not. Right? This, this picture of what's there of, of the whole. And that's why in, in the very beginning of verse six, Paul writes, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Let us use them. And that's the beauty of that. Having gifts that are different, that don't make one person better than another, but who differ, let's now use them for the work of the body. First Corinthians 12, four through seven says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same, the same uh, spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Right? Let's talk about a subject that's close to my heart. Cookies. All right? I, I hope everyone in here loves cookies, Right? If you don't love cookies, we're going to add that to the prayer list this week and just cover you in cookies, all right? One of my favorite ingredients, there, there's, I don't hardly ever dislike any of the ingredients, but there are ingredients that are better than others in cookies. And especially this time of year, one of the ingredients that I love is cinnamon. I love cinnamon and cookies. I love them. 
If you ask me the question, do these cookies have enough cinnamon in them? I'm probably gonna say they taste great, but they could also have more, right? I love, I love cinnamon. If it could be turned into a cologne, like I would wear it, you know what I mean? <laughs> love cinnamon. Here's the deal though. If, if you like cinnamon, if you love cinnamon, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home today. And I want you to spoon out. I want you to fill it up with cinnamon. I want you to eat it. All right? And here's what's going to happen. I did that one time, right? Wasn't a good moment for me. It hurts. Right? It hurts. Why? Because it's not intended to be by itself. And when we as a church, when we as a group of people begin to understand that I'm not put here on this earth in my gifts, in my talents, in my abilities to function alone. Paul says there are gifts. Paul says there are services or ministries is that what that word translates to in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul says there are works, but here's the deal. It's the same God. It's the same God. And he's using us together for a purpose and for a reason. So here's where we come to in, in Matthew 25. A lot of verses, and we're, we're going to tie everything together with this. Jesus tells a parable starting in verse 14. It's the parable of the talents. And I want to read it to you and, and draw some things, and we'll, we'll wrap up. Jesus, he says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. And then he went away. When, when he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the, the five talents came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered me uh, two talents. Here I made two more. And the master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And you had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and wouldn't hit your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. 
For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So Jesus tells this parable, the parable of the talents. Well, really quickly, just kind of ironically with what we're talking about, the, the, the talent that Jesus refers to is not the, the talent in, in, in the sense of the words that we're using. It's actually money, money. It's a lot of money. It's about 20 years worth of wages. Now, if you've got 20 years worth of wages in your bank account, let's talk after, right? So this guy has this, right? It's fair to say that, that he, he stands alone. So I, I did some, some math. Please, no one write this down and, and, and critique me. I, I got a history degree for a reason, all right? But in today's economy, the average wage, yearly's wage across the United States, right? Not in, in Lexington, but across the United States is 59428 So... Cast across what, what Jesus is saying that this master give, one talent in today's economy would be $1,188,560. So he gave out some cash. To serve at one, he gave in today's economy approximately $5.9 million. To serve at two, he gave $2.4 million. To serve at three, he gave $1.2 million. You may ask, is this fair? Well, if that's the first question that hit your mind, number one, if you want to give someone 5.9 million, I'm okay if you just want to give me 1.2, all right? <laughs> but, but notice this, he, he didn't give them the money. He didn't sign this over to them. The Bible tells us that he entrusted to them his property. He didn't relinquish ownership. He didn't say, this is no longer mine. He said, I'm entrusting you with something. And here's what I think the point is. When, when God gives you talents, gifts, abilities, they aren't yours. They're his. And what God does is he entrusts us with what he has given us. He entrusted them. What are they going to do with it? And he's entrusted you. What are you? you going to do with it? Servant number one, what did he do? He traded and got five more. So he took roughly six million, made it 12. Servant number two, he took the 2.4 million, he doub doubled it as well. Servant number three, he took the 1.2 million, dug a hole and buried it. When the master comes back and he calls, he calls for his servants to come back. Give me what I've been, what have you done with what I've entrusted you? And, and here's what I, what I think is, is, is interesting. What is interesting in a way that, that we begin to understand that this parable is beyond economics. To servant one and servant two, he gives the same reward. The same reward. But one had 12 and one had six. But he gives the same reward. Verse 21, well done, good and faithful servant. Speaking to, to servant one, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Servant number two, 
Verse 23, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. But, but, but one was more. One, one must be greater. And it's not what's greater. It's not what's more. It's what was faithful. The talent was different, but the faithfulness and the reward was the same. But look at servant three. Notice what he says first. Master, I knew you. So I did nothing. Master, I knew you. So in essence, I did nothing. And in this, he becomes useless for the master. Take it away. Take him away. Here's, I think, the issue. And, and I think the issue comes out in servant three in the, in the four first words that he said. Master, I knew you. But the problem was he didn't. He didn't know the master. If he knew the master in the way that he knew the master, he wouldn't have done what he did with what the master had entrusted him with. God in his goodness looks at us and he sees us and he knows you, and he knows me. He knows the depth of our faith. He knows all that he has given us. He knows our abilities. He knows it all, and he entrusts us. He, he, he's given us talents. Some of us playing guitar. Some of us baking cookies. Some of us telling a good joke. The list could go on and on and on and on and on. He gives us these, these talents. And he gives us spiritual gifts. Some to teach, some to give, some to exhort over and over again. And, and here's what I've come to the conclusion of that I begin to understand. You and I, do you know what we're doing? We're, we are using our abilities. Here's the question I want to close with this morning. Who are you using them for? Who are you using them for? It's the whole point of the narrative of the scripture of what God gives us as he forms the church as he takes unique people from unique places with unique backgrounds from unique languages with unique talents and unique abilities and he meshes them together in the context of this beautiful thing called the church and he says I've done all this I've entrusted this for you so that you will use these for my name and for my glory. That's it. That's it. That's it. I took a group of people up to New York, some with the gifts of making hot chocolate. 
some with the gifts of noticing a need, some with the gifts of spreading the gospel. And he says, go and work for my kingdom. The peace for us, it's, it's not just that we do that with where we're sent, but are we doing that where we live, where we work, and where we play, All right? God's given them to us. Let's, let's use them, let's use them. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much, Lord, for who you are, Lord, for how you're working, how you're moving. God, I, I thank you, or just within myself, Lord, that you, that you would choose, you would choose to entrust me with the talents and the gifts and the abilities that you give me, Lord, and I thank you for that. I thank you for the wonderful privilege. And, and you don't just do that to me. I, I, I am nothing special. You don't just do that to me, you do that to every single one of us. You've given us the pieces that people would say they, they define our personality. They define our, our mental makeup. They define what we're capable of doing. But Lord, you, you've given them to us for, for a reason to, to, to go and to serve within the context with one another, but out in this world as well, Lord. God, I, God, I, I pray, I pray that we would be a people who says, God, thank you for making me how you've made me. Thank you for gifting me how you've gifted me. God, now, empower me. And Lord, I pray that I would be obedient to use these gifts, to use these talents, to use these abilities to bring glory to your name so that other people may come to know you. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check back next week for another episode. In the meantime,
meantime, you can visit us at willowridgechurch.org or by searching for Willow Ridge Church on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.